Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where Nostadro faces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept. In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, and we talk about it. That's it. That's the whole premise of the podcast. Ramble on, and you tune in. And it's been a delight so far. Not just getting to chat about a show that we both love, but also the response that we've gotten from you, without a doubt, the smartest, clearest skin, most charming, strongest, fastest, wittiest, ambidextrous, and most clever listeners a couple of gals could ask for. So today, our episode will be dedicated to you, our listeners, as we go through some fan mail. All two fan mails. Woo! <laughs> what glorious fan mail it is. It is indeed. Our first letter is from Right as Rainy. I guess I'll say Rainy for the name of the individual who sent us this very good email. I quite liked it because it's very long and thought out and it's got some pretty good points in it. So I thought we could respond and discuss because there was actually something in here I thought was really neat. Hem. 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 Dear Ange and Kitty, firstly, I would like to thank you for being awesome. You are awesome. Secondly, I want you to know how much I have enjoyed your most recent contribution to the fandom in the form of the Sleepless podcast. I know that Ange especially has been a longtime fan of DW and has worked to bring us quite a lot more information from the creators of the show and creators in interviews and has shared a lot of fantastic art and storytelling. For that, I thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Ange. Thank you, Ange. <laughs> I look forward to Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I guess that's when I've been posting, even though I haven't set an official posting order. They release as as they are ready. <laughs> yeah, we it, don't. It would, it, would, it would be nice to have a schedule, but you know, also life. Yeah, we're we're not syndicated yet, but I guess Tuesdays and Wednesdays have been the most consistent. So they've been looking forward to Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which of course we haven't released anything this past week, but we'll get that. Okay. Once we get our sponsors, then we'll be more consistent. So uh, somebody drop us a line with a hard cash. So I want you to know that you have brought me to tears. I have laughed so hard at some of the wonderful tidbits you've caught, speculated, and shared with us. I'm glad they specified that it was happy tears. (laughs) Me too, because those are the preferred kind of tears, guys. And then they quoted a few things when uh, we said, Nega baby, this is mostly your quotes because you are a very quotable person, Kitty. Then do it in my voice. Do your impression of me. Uh, Okay. And Nega baby's mom has some serious mama crack shell vibes going on. That doesn't sound like you at all. Then you can do it in a New York accent. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Oh, this one is me. And Launchpad ate her slime. She was dripping onto the fries, and he ate the fries with her slime on them. Yeah, that that was like me in true horrified. Oh, yeah. And he starts beating Launchpad with the newspaper like he's a misbehaving puppy. And, of course, my favorite, too. The king of avian way. Love of my heart. Her muddlefoot. My man. My man right there. And also, what if Bushroot was the milkman? <laughs> Nancy, could never be quite sure. I believe it has been some time since you recorded your Tadstones tweets episode, but I had a few thoughts about the question you posed in regard to Splatter Phoenix leading the Fearsome Five instead of Negaduck. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, 
And then they say, Negaduck is a mean guy, pure and simple. He doesn't care about the boy band's feelings and doesn't hesitate to walk all over them or leave them behind if it suits his needs. I believe in her debut episode, Splatter was a disgruntled artist and was tired of being told what to do. That's a mood. So if she were to one day overhear Negaduck kicking the guys out of their warehouse of the week for some bumble on a heist, I can definitely see her educating them on healthy boundaries and staying broken up from a toxic relationship and guiding them to be their own cohesive unit without Negaduck. Not as their leader, but more as a life coach. I don't know why I find that so funny. Just life coach that, Splatter Phoenix. I was about to say that poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> she is their therapist. Mm-hmm. And she's here to help you. This would be a very entertaining episode of Splatter telling them that she totally gets it. Nobody understands her art either. Bushroot and his plants, Quackerjack and his questionable toys, Megavolt and how he approaches appliances slash electronics, and Liquidator has never listened to what anyone has told him to do anyway, so I imagine he's on board. There would be I don't some... know if I, I don't know if Liquidator has ever listened to anyone, period, Anna. Yeah, you have to wonder. He just, he just marches to his own drummer. There would be some great shenanigans of the fearsome four and splatter making their art seen and going wild. If people don't like or appreciate their art, that's the consumer's fault, etc. Negaduck is jealous. They're a bunch of knobs, but they're his knobs. All sorts of hilarious hijinks. And then... It's also, it's not also the consumer's problem. It's society's (laughs) problem, too. Because they melded the minds of those weak-minded consumers. The problem arises when the kids start asking Splatter what she wants them to do. Splatter, for all of her bluster and how she doesn't let anyone else's rules define her and what she does, also does not strike me as a leader or someone who would lay down rules. While Negaduck is frustrated with how he needs to babysit the four, he does enjoy the managerial role and how he calls all the shots. Splatter simply wouldn't do it. She'd shrug and tell them to follow their own vision and wreak their chaos however they wanted, which works okay up to a point. When left to their own devices in Justice Justice Ducks, they all stepped on each other's feet and got in the way. Quackerjack and Megavolt are the only two we've seen work together willingly, and although their dynamic is quite symbiotic, they also tend to stop, squabble, and becoming their own undoing. Assembled as the Fearsome Five with any kind of leader, there needs to be a strong figurehead who wants to be in charge and can keep them all focused. Without a leader to the fearsome family, whenever they want to work together, it will all unravel pretty quickly and no one will really get anything out of their crimes. Especially when they are assembled, they tend to default to whoever wants to play leader. It was briefly Megavolt in Life, the Negaverse, and everything. And the quote, we're not knobs and we'll prove it, which is true, Megavolt did kind of lead the charge. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this would be a very entertaining episode, but the dynamic of the Phoenix Five wouldn't last for very long (laughs) just because Splatter doesn't strike me as leader or someone who enjoys all of the details like Negaduck does. She's a bit of an anarchist, and an anarchist with rules is kind of counterproductive. Yeah, exactly. And so... Rainey says she can't be bothered with breaking up fights every five minutes or directing a larger operation as she has her own dreams and hers alone and isn't counting on anyone else helping her to reach those goals. And I agree with that assessment. I was surprised why Tad even said that Splatter would be the leader because I don't know if 
he has a different take on her from the TV show because it has been 30 years, so maybe he's altered the character somewhat. But what we saw in the show, I feel like I couldn't see her putting up with being a leader for very long. I guess that also kind of takes it in, you know, the idea if she's asked to be the leader, they could just all keep showing up and being like, what are we doing today? Leave me alone. <laughs> doing my own thing yeah it's a fantastic take i love it i would love i would totally watch that episode i like the phoenix five yes and she calls them the kids which i think is also very appropriate and the fearsome family adorable i love it and out of 10 if there was any mention of herb muddlefoot in there it would have been ranked higher but that's okay as far as the secret origins of Darkwing Duck, I am like Ange in that I always thought it was some kind of drunk metaphor for Darkwing's actual life, although I interpret it quite differently. I more see his parents as a minimal influence in his life and that he looked up to more powerful fictional figures like the incredibly jacked Super Pig, who had some vague wisdom slash life lessons that came in handy. The monks were more his peer group muddled with his early Darkwing training, referenced in Kung Fuled, among other episodes. I always thought that Drake had some pretty bad self-esteem issues after a childhood similar to Paradox and Clash Reunion, to the point where he felt that Drake Mallard's life wasn't worth living, but would rather have some semblance of respect or even admiration from afar as the masked Mallard. The name that monks give him may have been a reference to how strongly he disliked his life growing up and how he left home young to try and be something different. That's actually a really cool take and did not occur to me. Yeah. Now we get to Herb. I like it. Oh, my my darling. Sort of. I got nothing for the genie Herb. Got to admit, when Kitty said she was going to combine the words, my first thought was Herbie. But that more brings to (laughs) mind a little white Volkswagen bug. But the possibility it was Herb who made Darkwing want to disappear the most in his life. Oh. Oh. He just doesn't understand Herb's love. Herb's love encompassing he just wants to show you his sweet rv and possibly kidnap you and take you on a three-week vacation where you don't get any say in uh, when you drive or where you're going and he constantly just blows an air horn in your ear so that you know when he wants you awake he wants to make sure you're still alive he holds a mirror up to your breath uh, to see if your breath is on it and uh if it isn't well, then he's gonna be real sad about it i'd That's read a, a fanfic about love. that i'll commission one from myself for you for your birthday i look forward to it okay good <laughs> all right continuing the mysterious masked avenger of evil's place in the story is quite easy to place as by darkwing's own omission he didn't have a life worth risking before he met goslin and that was mentioned oh. in darkly dawns the duck part two it's not so much that goslin gave him the mask and cape as he found a reason to truly be a hero to someone only after he met and nearly lost goslin Launchpad he only found because he was in pursuit of Tantalus, who was only out and about due to the Waddlemeyer ramrod. So without Goslin to complete his look, he never would have gotten the increased recognition around St. Canard, for better or worse. And his greater purpose as... Page turn. (laughs) And his greater purpose as Goslin's father. And I thought that was a super good point, because it never occurred to me that in The Secret Origins of Darkwing Duck... It is the masked Avenger who dies and then does kind of feel like a metaphor. Like, in a way, Goslin is his hero because before her, he really did not have much of anything to fight for. Mm. 
And that just didn't occur to me. And I thought that was really interesting. That's a really lovely take. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Because I think Goslin is, in a way, his hero. Yeah, she gave him a, gave him a reason to do it. Heck yeah. Gave him, a, gave him a reason to be Drake as well, which is also beautiful. Yeah, she restored that balance to the force. <laughs> a heck of a lot better of a job than Anakin did, just murdering a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> that could be Goslin's endgame, what with alligators and girls' bathrooms and such. Oh my god. Goslin? She actually the next Anakin Skywalker? You cracked the code. Oh my god. Connected it. Connected the dots. Seth Rogen. We know. This is probably my tendency to superimpose a continuity onto everything I watch, but there is absolutely no reason why all of the origin stories cannot be correct and canon to each other in some way. Of course, the secret origins of Darkwing Duck is heavily supermanned, but I think Ange is onto something via an extended metaphor. Paradox and Clash Reunion could easily happen in the same universe, and we see Darkwing has the attention span of a drunk grasshopper. He may have forgotten the exact name the mysterious duck in a cape used when he was a child. I know Tad's philosophy was very much don't let continuity get in the way of telling a good story and avoided anything too concrete like he was the Avenger and continuity was Coca-Cola. But with nonsensical rules in this universe like DW and Negs being able to juggle like eight bombs at the same time in Quiverwing Quack and casually growing additional limbs in a ducky phobia, and faces coming off entirely in The Haunting of Mr. Banana Brain, I don't think it would be too much of a stretch to chalk everything to bizarre up to Darkwing's tendency to exaggerate and reap a continuity anyway. It's a, a fantastic point because Darkwing is an entirely unreliable narrator. It's true. He lies all of the time and also writes fan letters to himself. <laughs> Do you think in current modern-day internet, social media, Darkwing would send anons to himself and they would just be like... Absolutely. <laughs> they would just be like, why are you so amazing, Darkwing? And they'd be like, this sounds like you. And he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's totally not me. Sir, Darkwing, you forgot to turn off anon. Turn anon. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's your username. That would, <laughs> that would be Goslin being like, so... <laughs> He's probably got like five dummy accounts. Absolutely. He would absolutely. And then, like, set up an AMA for himself and just ask himself questions. <laughs> a thousand. A thousand percent. Ah, oh, so good. So, the ending of this email. I apologize profusely for the length of this email. It's a beast. To wrap it up, thank you ladies so much for everything that you do and share, and I look forward to seeing more of your work, and I'm especially excited for life, the negaverse, and everything. Have a great day. And now I feel kind of guilty because Life, the Negaverse, and Everything was supposed to be released two weeks ago, and I've just been really lazy and haven't post-edited any of podcast episodes. Well, by the time that this episode comes out, it will be out, so. That's true. Think of it that way. We have our own continuity. The length of that letter was perfect. I wouldn't have cut it down at all. It was actually, I would like to say, right as rainy in length. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a fantastic letter. It was. It was very well thought out. And you can tell that this listener has a lot of background knowledge of the show and is able to pull from all the different episodes and weave it together into a quilt of continuity. I'm wrapping myself into it, that quilt right now. And you know what? It feels pretty good. 
It's very cozy. It is. It's it made is. out of the finest cotton. And now yes. our next fan mail, which which is all of two sentences. Okay. And it is from our good friend, Libri. She would have been our guest speaker on the podcast. And here is what she wrote. Smiling emoji, smiling emoji, heart emoji, blowing a kiss emoji, heart eye emoji. Keep it up, cuties. You're doing amazing. That is all. Question, do you think Splatter would have an arty YouTube channel or does she prefer in-person performances always? Mm. I think that she is very much a street performer, screaming at everybody to stop looking at their phones. I feel like she's very much in the in the real world. I, I could see her crashing other people's YouTube live streams of their art. Do you think she'd do like a modern day equivalent of the first episode she was in, which was A Brush with Oblivion, and she's jumping through all the different paintings? Do you think there'd be equivalent where she's jumping through the internet and she's editing fan art because it's so offensive and she has to fix all <laughs> the fan art on the internet? <laughs> it would make more sense than what I immediately thought was she'd be jumping from meme to meme. <laughs> but those are an art form all on their own. Yeah, she could definitely do that. I mean, she could also, I guess, since there's so many art auctions online, especially during COVID, like all the big art auctions have been online, just going in there and then accidentally, you know, poking something and winning all this expensive art and then painting over it herself. (laughs) She did seem to have a motivation for making money as well as doing her own stuff with her art. So if she was actually able to make money off a YouTube channel with the views and the advertising, I don't know if she'd permit advertising because that seems probably against her, I don't know, hatred of the bourgeoisie. So I feel like she'd have a Patreon. I could see that. Or the, I don't know how to say it. I've never said it out loud. The Ko-Fi? Coffee? Coffee. Coffee. I think it is. Buy me a coffee. Yeah. I but again, I feel like she could probably hijack some super popular YouTubers channel and then hold them hostage as she paints a picture of them or puts them in a picture. You know, just like the old medieval portraits where you had to sit for hours and hours and hours on end and then hold them for ransom while doing that. Who do you think would be the top YouTuber in the Duckverse? Knee jerk reaction is Gizmo Duck. That's what I was thinking too, but I feel like it would be unintentional. He create three videos and they're not even recorded properly, maybe vertically, and people just love them anyways because it's Gizmo Duck. I feel like he'd probably have a lot of people documenting everything that he did, like super celebrity status. He'd kind of be like UFO sightings, only Gizmo Duck sightings, where it's just blurry images of him and they're trying to figure out if it's him or a drone, and uh, usually a drone. I was going to say um, Goslin, but I feel like Drake would not let her stream at the age of nine. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a civilian character. Hmm. There, there aren't really that many. Maybe Bianca Beakley, if she moved over from the news and went into okay. Instagram, influencer, sort of. feel like she could do something like that. Well, I mean, like there's definitely niches for everybody. I can't remember his name. The bad guy from You Sweat Your Life. He'd have like a fitness channel. Jock Newbody. Yeah, Doc Newbody would totally be having Instagram stories of him working out and all his 
miracle cures that he would be selling. Negaduck um, would have an ASMR channel. Negaduck would have a brick on a cement block and think it's a computer. I would like to imagine that Negaduck would not have an online presence unless he had someone else running his account for him. You think he's that you know, technologically inept? I just think it's funny. <laughs> I think he's probably not. I just think that, that, to me, that's the funnier take, and that's the one that I usually go with. But you know who would probably be really good at the whole influencer YouTube thing? The Liquidator. Oh, that's true. I think that's going to be my answer. He'd, he'd probably be the biggest guy on town. He already has business knowledge and ran a successful company. So, yes, I could see it's that, too. Savvy. Yeah. Herb would probably have, like, his little cooking recipes. He and Binky would have one of those couples channels where it's, like, the both of them together doing their cute stuff together, and he'd be cooking, and she'd be doing her recipes and sharing household tips, like, to get the stains out of your table, you put white toothpaste on the table, and then you rub it in, and then wipe it off, and it gets all those weird ghost stains off your table. It would be like that, or it would be like a five-minute crafts where they make completely stupid things for no reason, like clean your faucet with ketchup. But the big downfall of their channel is that somebody's finger would always be over the camera all the time. <laughs> Whose um, finger, though? If they're on the camera, who's filming? They'd, they'd find a way. They'd find a way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, so you guys weigh in. Who do you think would be the highest paid YouTube but duck version? Send us an email. Tweet us at, at canardpod. Join the Facebook group and drop your hot take there. Or, again, you know, just email us at sleepless. Is there a dash? I always forget. It's a dot. It's a dot. The email is sleepless.saintcanard at gmail.com. St. Canard is S-T canard. There you go. See, I know some things. <laughs> and usually I put all that information in the show description anyways, so people can just check that. It will have links to everything. Yeah, so scroll down. Click that little linkity link there and let us know what you think about who would have the biggest online presence in the Duckverse. I think that's a wrap for our show today since we had the two letters because we already know that we are going to be watching bad tidings for our next yes. episode so we don't need to spin the wheel and i don't think i have any other news or thoughts that come to mind at the moment there hasn't been any news yet but yes so that that wraps it up we would love to do more of these if you guys thought this was fun please send us a fabulous email but you have pretty big shoes to fill i think with emojis and with fantastic takes on darkwing and his convoluted storytelling uh, thank you right is rainy and libri very good people very good fans and we like them and we like that they listen to us and we like that you listen to us and i hope you like listening to us uh, because we're not, we're not going anywhere. Nope. No, we're here. But until the next time we're here in your ears, remember that crime doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Bye, friends. Bye.